What is your water? When I had a teacher who made me feel loved, it was monumental. It was revolutionary. It was something that was so unheard of. This year um, has been the hardest in my teaching career. And you would think, you know, like, oh, it just gets easier as it goes on. But no, I, I don't think anyone could ever predicted or prepared for anything like this. The things that often are coming from other people and, you know, for educators, I think we all know that sound, right? It starts when we were in academics. It's the sound of the good teachers, the bad teachers, the scary teachers, the kind teachers. My students are individuals bringing things into the classroom and I, as an educator, am an individual bringing things into the classroom on that day as well. I've seen magic before, like in a real way. Like, like, you know, people joke all the time or we say in jest to each other that black folks are magical, but like, I've seen it. I do think that educators should break rules. I think that they need to go against some of the policies, some of the regulations. Empathy is love when you get right down to it. Empathy is love. It's the ability to see things from someone else's perspective, to imagine what it's like to be them. And that requires love. This is the purpose. This is the drive. This is why we're here. What an incredible first season. You know, I will be forever grateful to all the beautiful humans who teach for joining me to engage in such vulnerable conversations for the first season of Water for Teachers. And to all of you who have listened each week, I appreciate you. And I am really beyond excited to share that season two is coming. While we anxiously await season two, you know we couldn't leave you with nothing. And so this summer, we've decided to release many episodes featuring yours truly. And in the spirit of fun, <laughs> corniness, and water, we're calling these many episodes Sips. Because as humans who teach, we've got to stay hydrated and nourished because we deserve it. And so here is something to sip on. Okay, y'all. So forgive me if I sound um, a little like winded or out of breath, but I've just come back in from a wonderful bike ride around Central Park with my favorite Mariah Carey playlist, which I have titled Mariah Bops. And I've just got to say, it's insane, I think, how many hits she really has and just how deep her catalog is. And so imagine this. I have this purple bike and it's like a deep purple, kind of like a gem tone. Um, I love gem tones, by the way. So if you ever see my house, it's like a kaleidoscope of just gem tones. So the bike is this really deep purple and it has these baby blue handlebars. And I'm now wondering if I can include a photo of it in the description of this episode. Maybe I can, you know, because folks always ask me, like, what kind of bike is it? What kind of model? Yeah, y'all, I don't know. I'm not really a biker like that. It was a gift that I tried to return, um, but the person really wanted me to have it. And so I kept it. So this afternoon, I was riding my bike. And slowly, as I made my way to the park, the buildings turned into trees, right? And the car horns and the sirens and the sound of the train's brakes were replaced with birds singing as to accompany Mariah in my headphones. And joining in perfect harmony was also the beautiful laughter of children, the bells of other bike riders, and people singing their favorite songs as they ran alongside me in the running lane. I was in the park, on my bike, with Mariah, nature, and other beautiful humans. And 
as I picked up speed during the end of the first heel, the wind sort of teased my hair and gently caressed my face. And as Mariah sang about finding love on the 4th of July, the sun was as present as I was. Bike riding and Mariah for me are two things that always invite me to reflect. And so while yes, I get some necessary exercise, I get to think. So before my bike ride, I was trying to get through some grading because I felt behind and final grades are due for me soon. But I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't have it. You know, after being on Zoom teaching all day, I had nothing left to give. And so I decided to go for a bike ride instead of beating myself up about all the things that I hadn't gotten to do. And so on my bike, I remembered that as a human who was teaching and living during a time of collective crisis, I have to extend grace to myself. And I have got to hold on to my redefinition of productivity in a time of collective crisis. Earlier this year, after feeling you know un- unaccomplished, um, I felt behind in many ways, I had to pause and really sit with how I had been conditioned by capitalism, but really other forces too, to feel like I was only as valuable as the things that I could do or produce. I had to sit with this idea that as humans who teach, I was expected, I think we're expected sometimes to deny our humanity, right? And ignore our needs to serve others. And so I had to unlearn that. I had to unlearn that I could not just go on and on and on and teach on Zoom all day and then grade all night and then on repeat. I could not compare myself to how I was before this crisis. I had to accept reality. And my bike ride today, y'all, reminded me of that, which led me to these sort of three things that I want to share with you. The first thing I think I had to do in thinking about what it means for me to really address my expectations during this time is I had to admit to myself, and I know that I've I said this somewhere on season one of the podcast of Water for Teachers, but I know I said this, but I had to admit to myself that this was my current reality, that I was living in a pandemic, and that ignoring this crisis was not healthy for me or my students. I had to accept that I feel drained. I have less energy. I take longer to grade. I take longer to respond to emails. Sometimes I'm lesson planning right before class. And that is my truth. But in admitting that to myself, I was able to extend some grace to myself and focus on the things that I needed physically, emotionally, spiritually to sort of make it through this moment with some peace and love and joy because I deserve it. And so I stopped beating myself up and I started giving myself what I needed. And it began with one, admitting it to myself, admitting to myself, excuse me, like where we are in this moment. The second thing I wanted to share was I had to admit it to my students. And that was actually an easier conversation than I thought it would be. You know, I simply said to them, look, y'all, I know you have become used to something from me. Uh, I used to grade a lot faster. I was probably a lot faster responding to emails, and maybe I seemed overall that I had more energy. That's just not where I am right now. As you all are navigating what it means to learn in a time of collective crisis um, and really social distancing, as a human who teaches, I'm also navigating the same thing, what it means to teach during these times. And the truth is, 
while I will of course extend grace to you all as you explore learning during this time, I need to ask for the same grace from you and understanding um, if I am not as fast as I used to be, right? As you, or, or as you would like for me to be. If I don't seem as responsive, it's hard for me too. And I'm trying to do the best that I can. The third thing that I had to do um, was admit it to my administration and really not, not even admit it to them, but to just share with them where I was, ask for grace and articulate my needs to say, hey, I am, <laughs> I'm trying, but it's really hard for me. And here is what I need from you all as I try to do this as effectively, but also as healthily as possible. I need time and I need patience. And so I just share those three things with you all and really with myself again, um, just to remind us to extend grace to ourselves, y'all, um, that we can rest when we need to. We can ride our bikes or go for walks when we need to. We can stop grading when we need to. We are more than our productivity. And I know that's hard to navigate as not only you know people and humans who teach, right, but as people who find themselves in a society that really does promote capitalism. But we can stop. We must. And so to all my humans who teach, take care of yourselves because you deserve it. You're human. And even in a time of crisis, we can still focus on our humanity and giving ourselves what we need to navigate this moment with some peace, some love, and some joy. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, in peace and love. Bye.